Hi, everybody. Welcome to night five of the Draft Sharks Invitational. I'm Mike Shope with Jared Smola and Adam Krautwurst. Jared, you probably know well through Draft Sharks. Adam and I are co-hosts on the deep end. I'm not sure if Jared is familiar with this guy. Don't look shaken. I mean, you're speaking my language with the shark, but I, I'm I'm jealous. You know, me and you know Matt, Matt and I don't even have an intro that awesome for our podcast. So we're, you know, we're- <laughs> well, you're young, so we're uh, underway or about to be in night five here at the Draft Sharks Invitational. Three drafts last week and three this week, including one that Jared, you and I participated in last night. They're all interesting in their own ways, and including tonight, as we'll run through in a moment, they're loaded with some of the top and most successful players in fantasy football. Uh, as somewhat of an outsider, congrats to Draft Sharks and you guys for putting this event together. I think that it's really become quite a cool thing for players who probably get lots of invitations and play in lots of big stuff. You've got all the, all the top names. Yeah, it's tough competition, but I think you know the, the, what's cooler about it is just the format. And, you know, we'll get into it tonight. We've gotten into it the, the first four drafts, but it's just, it, it's it's so balanced as far as positional values. You know, you don't see ten running backs coming off the board in the first round. You might see you know two running backs come off the board in the first round, which I, I believe we've seen in at least one or two of these drafts already. Right. Uh, let's run through the format just quickly. You guys will give some more of the details. I know as we continue through the night, it's a super flex league. Two quarterbacks, three wide receivers start, and tight end premium. So you do see like you're mentioning, lots of variance in the strategies. And tonight, as we'll see as we go into the draft board shortly, uh, that has continued as a player who went to me last night at pick 18 has gone third in this draft. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, picking him at 18, third is appropriate. Uh, Love it for Kimra. Let's, uh, Adam, before we meet our players, how are you um, looking forward to tonight? This is, is this sort of a, an opportunity for you to throw shots. You've got Matt Shelf here, and I don't know exactly what your relationship is with Matt. We'll see how aggressive you are in your criticism. I mean, Matt's never aggressive with his criticism, so I'll definitely hold back on Matt for sure. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dig in on Matt. I'm, I, and I know a lot of these. You know, I know Matt. I know Todd. Um, you know, Danny. I know him, and I'll be competing a bunch in the uh, Kentucky, all the high stake events out there. Crack Rock. He's always fun to go back and forth with. Um, but there are some kind of new faces to my world here and uh, new names. And um, I know Kimra's, Kimra's a stud. She's been doing it for, for, for a while. So um, this, this is going to be fun. Jared, did did the draft start yet? Yeah, pull up that draft board. Because I got the draft board. It's just not it's not loading. I don't know. I'll have to pull it out if you guys want to go through the teams. Yeah, let's do that. We are through pick seven, and let's meet our players here before we get too much further along. Matt Schauf, host of the award-winning Draft Sharks podcast. That would be this, well, not technically, but the grandfather or whatever of this deep end podcast. Uh, Matt has done a great job with that. IDP guru loves Chris Carson. We all have our things. You can find Matt on Twitter at Schauf, S-C-H-A-U-F-D-S. Two, Liz Loza from Yahoo Fantasy Football just got done covering the Olympics where she interviewed Katie Ledecky on Twitter at Liz Loza underscore F-F. She's funny and a great follow for fantasy players. Number three, Kimra Schleicher. I hope I'm saying that right. I've seen her name many times, including last year in this tournament. 
high stakes veteran and the 2016 fantasy football world champion. That speaks for itself. World champ. Drafting fourth tonight, Danny Mueller, another high-stakes veteran. In 2018, he was the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event champion, and he's won many FFPC main event league titles. Happy to have Danny in the fourth spot tonight. Crack Rock at five, Greg Cantor. His, this is our third straight high-stakes vet in the field. Finished third in the main event two years ago and fourth in the RT Sports main event that same year, 2019. Well-known. Six, representing Roster Watch tonight, is Alan Soslowski. You can follow him at Alan Soslowski. I was in a league with him last year through Scott Pianowski. We're happy to have Alan. The Roster Watch team is on its annual training camp tour. Check out at Roster Watch for lots of good nuggets. At seven, Zachary Kruger, a contributor at Rotoviz, four for four and underdog at ZK underscore FFB. Mike Taglier was scheduled to be in the eighth spot. You know him from Fantasy Pros. He was unable to join us tonight. We wish Mike well. John Scuderi is in that spot. He won the 2019 main event, and he did it with only one entry, which, I mean, I think that's the best you can do. At nine is Todd Burrows. Todd has been a guest on the deep end with Adam and me at Best Ball NFL on Twitter, high stakes player, and he hosts the Run to Daylight podcast. He's a member of the Draft Sharks Discord as well, which we encourage you to join. Todd gave some great insight on an earlier episode of the Deep End, and we encourage you to check that out and and uh, catch up if you haven't seen it. At ten, one of my favorite and I think many people's favorite Twitter follows in the fantasy world is Ian Harditz with Pro Football Focus. He hosts the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Loves Corderell Patterson. Okay, on Twitter at iHarditz. If you've seen something funny with a gift to go with it on Twitter in fantasy. There's a pretty good chance it was from Ian. At 11 is Scott Barrett, now with Fantasy Points, director of Dank Stats. He just released his My Guys article for 2021 at Scott Barrett DFB. And finally at the turn, Ryan Hodge, DFS aficionado, recently launched rotohobo.com. That wasn't taken? Rotohobo.com. I like the sound of that. Somebody thought of it. It was Ryan Hodge. You can follow him at Ryan Hodge. All right. Good luck, everybody. We are already into round two. Jared, Adam, what are you guys seeing so far? That that first draft, you know, league number one, the, the quarterbacks slept fire than I thought they would. Our draft last night, the quarterbacks, I thought, went faster than they should have. Th- this looks about right to me. I think, you know, the, those five quarterbacks you saw in round one should be first-round picks in Superflex. Kelsey and Waller should be first-round picks in, in uh, tight end premium. And then, you know, you can kind of fill in the, the rest of the, the seven picks with your, uh, or I guess five picks with your running backs and wide receivers. Yeah. Same here. It's uh five, five quarterbacks are probably the five that should go in the first round there. Um, you know, they're kind of mix and match. Uh, usually it's been Mahomes and Allen uh, one, two Allen went ahead of him last night, which was pretty cool. Um, and then um, yeah, got, we got four running backs here. We we've, the last two previous drafts, we only got two, so that's that's pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, again, all these different random team builds. We're gonna see who's gonna go zero RB. We're gonna see who's gonna go, you know, zero QB. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna, gonna be fun. That was Jared. That was you last night. Three running backs up top. Do you know if that's unique so far through four events going on five? It might be. I believe so. I'd have to check to confirm, but I, I think I'm the only team to start RB times three. Well, as we look at round one, Matt took Christian McCaffrey 
Is that 100%? I mean, McCaffrey is seemingly the number one pick in every format. Jared, do you think there is a reasonable argument for a quarterback or Mahomes in particular at one, or is it not reasonable? I think it's reasonable. Um, and I think you could argue for Kelsey too. I I wouldn't do it. McCaffrey would be my pick. I mean, we see Kelsey go one in some of these FFPC drafts, which, you know, it's not always super flex, but it is tight end premium. So I think you can argue for any of those three guys, uh, but it's definitely McCaffrey at one for me. Yeah. McCaffrey to Matt. Liz Loza takes Dalvin Cook. Adam? Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing for me, McCaffrey. It's fun taking quarterbacks high in these, but McCaffrey, when he, you know, when he's healthy, is worth, you know, two, two running backs almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you and I did in pros versus Joe's from the from the 101 as it happens. Dalvin Cook at two to Liz Loza. Kimmer takes Alvin Kamara, who slipped to 18 last night at third overall. Interesting and, and cool. The first quarterback off the board to Danny Mueller and Patrick Mahomes at four, then two more. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to Crack Rock and Allen at Roster Watch. I was at seven last night, Jared, and I was hoping for Kyler Murray. That did not happen. And then maybe Jackson is a backup. Uh, in this case, Murray falls to 10. Kelsey was there for me at seven. I went Dak Prescott instead. But Kelsey, I, I think you would say is good value, especially based on what you just said about 101. Uh, Kelsey is is nice for you at seven. Yeah, yeah, I think Kelsey is right up there with, you know, McCaffrey, Cook, Mahomes. You can argue Allen and Lamar, too, even Kyler Murray. But to me, um, the the – advantage Kelsey gives you over all the other tight ends, even, even Waller, even to me, you know, there's a gap between Kelsey and Waller. So, you know, that, that in the tight end premium scoring kind of, you know, t- to me makes Kelsey definitely a top four value here. So great for uh, Zachary to get him at seven there. I think Adam, for me, it was more just sort of maybe an obsession, which is not a good, a good word, but with stacking. <laughs> and I, I felt like with Kelsey for all his merits, I couldn't, do as much of that as I had hoped for last year. I felt like I didn't know anything. So I, I ducked Kelsey there and I think he went eight, but uh, I think you'd probably agree that Kelsey at seven works. Yeah. Kelsey at seven works. And I think, you know, stacking doesn't work when you force it, but I think your draft last night, I think you did a really good job of, of taking the value and still getting the stacks. Um, you know, and also when you, I think you had like a jet stack, those are easy to get cause they're, they're, they're later on and stuff like that. So yeah, I think when stacking, um, when it works within the ADP, within your build, I think it can be really awesome. It's when you, it's when you force it is when you kind of lose, lose the value of, of the stack. We'll see what Zachary comes up with in that respect. If that's where he's inclined here going through the night, Kelsey at seven to Zachary Kruger at eight, John Scuderi with Derek Henry. Then we have Todd Burroughs taking the second tight end in Darren Waller. He, Waller is not practicing, which has been kind of a mystery so far. Anybody worried? I'm not. Um, you know, we're still a month away from the season. I got to think if it was, you know, an injury we would need to be worried about, then we would have heard something. I mean, no, none of those Raiders beat writers know anything. So I, I'm not right. I'm not worried yet. Ask me in a week if he's still sidelined. I'll be starting to get worried. I'm yeah. guessing money, but I don't. I don't know either, Adam. Like he's he's at he's lifting weights and riding the bike. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting money. I mean, didn't he, he think he just signed a pretty big deal last year? Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I haven't I haven't heard anything either. Um, I, I was going to ask if you're worried about Dak today again. They're sending him to another specialist to look at that shoulder. Uh, it's disappointing. It's scary for me. I've got quite a bit of Dak through the leagues that I've done so so far. Um, and he's, you know, I got him up there as, as my quarterback two or three, 
when he's healthy. So I don't know. I'm 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 annoyed and concerned for the situation. I mean, I think you can be. It's definitely uh, worth watching. What what a thing that would be for Dallas if he misses a chunk of time after what last year was like. And for fantasy players who have been, you know, so excited and bullish on the Cowboys and all the different stack potential there is there. Ian Harditz at 10 takes Kyler Murray. That's who I was hoping for last night. He ended up going at five to Dwayne McFarlane last night, if I remember correctly. There, There's Prescott, the fifth quarterback off the board to Scott Barrett. And then Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one. He pairs Ryan Hodge, pairs Hill with Kittle, the third tight end off the board. Then Zeke Elliott back to Scott Barrett, Prescott and Elliott. Jared, what do you think of that move, the quarterback running back combo from the same team? I love it if you're talking about, you know, the Cowboys or the Chiefs or, you know, maybe a few other offenses where I, I like it. Um, yeah, I think you could be soaking up, you know, 45 touchdowns between those two guys. So love that. I, want, I wanted to just talk about Ian Hardett's pick with uh, Kyler Murray for a second here. I mean, I, I've sort of been waffling all summer between Kyler and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and even Dak before the injury is, you know, kind of who's quarterback to. The closer we get to September, I, I'm starting to like Kyler Murray as my quarterback, too. I mean, l- last year he was leading all quarterbacks in fantasy points before he uh, suffered that shoulder injury. And then, you know, I think it impacted his passing, it impacted his rushing. I think he was less willing to take off. Um, so I just think if he stays healthy in another, you know, another year in that offense, another year with DeAndre Hopkins, they add Rondell Moore, who, who I love. I think he's a perfect fit for that offense. Who knows what A.J. Green has left. You know, he's kind of just a bonus if he you know, can rediscover some previous form. But I, I kind of think it's all set up for Kyler if he can stay healthy to you know, maybe even threaten Mahomes to, to be the, the quarterback one this year. Yeah, I'm a little higher on Kyler now that you know, I, I just love, I love the Lamar Jackson rushing upside of you know, he could just – the sky's the limit with his legs. But um, you know, he's – his receivers are dropping like flies. I feel like, or, you know, Bateman, I'm just so high on Bateman to see him get hurt, you know? Um, and I think it's just, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, I think you're really going to rely on him. Um, you know, I have a lot of Lamar Jackson. I don't, I don't have a ton of Kyler Murray, but I could, to- I, I could totally see it. I mean, the weapons Kyler Murray has are, are much better than the, than Lamar's. So, um, so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Kyler, if I had to choose today, it would, it would be Kyler Murray. And I think 11. Murray, I think Murray has similar rushing upside to Lamar Jackson. I think you could get an 1,100-yard rushing season out of Kyler Murray. I believe he was on pace for somewhere around there before that shoulder injury last year. He had 11 rushing touchdowns, uh, which is pretty good. 819 on the ground in in 16 starts. So, um, yeah, he'd be my running back too. And as I've said a couple times maybe already, I was hoping for him last night at 7. That did not come to fruition. Uh, with Murray, Ian Harditz puts Devontae Adams as wide receiver, too. So there'll be no Packers stack like there was in round four last night. Todd Burrows takes Russell Wilson as QB6 to go with Darren Waller. John Scuderi following the Jared Smola path from last night. Aaron Jones with Henry. Different players. But you were Henry there. And then Jones. Jones, I feel like I, I, I've heard more and more often – people are sort of ready to buy into Aaron Jones. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons to be ready to do that. You feel like you're noticing what this has been in the last couple of weeks is just there was a real softness about his value with the Rodgers uncertainty, and that has just kind of been uh, put down. Yeah, I, I think people were definitely worried about the Rodgers thing. Um, even beyond that, though, you know, in these DS Invitational drafts, and, you know, we, we all think they're sharp rooms, Jones has pretty consistently gone – 
ahead of ADP. You know, he, he's like RB8 or RB9, I believe, in you know, ADP. I think he's gone RB4 through 6 in all these drafts so far, at least, you know, three out of the four. So, yeah, that, that might tell you something. I think a lot of these these sharp drafters are higher than consensus on Aaron Jones. Yeah, interesting point. Here we are through the middle of round three. We haven't read all these off yet, but we don't have Mixon yet. We don't have Chubb yet. And that will be interesting here in, in the coming picks. Uh, Stefan Diggs goes to Zachary Kruger in the middle of round two to go with Travis Kelsey. So wide receiver three, pretty consistent here with Diggs. And then the first two quarterback team is the roster watch team. Alan Soslowski with Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. Adam, do you like Herbert as seven? Like, is he for you between Wilson and certain other guys? Do you like him that high? Yeah, I love, love Herbert. Um, I think he's super talented. O-line, they have, I think they have a top-notch O-line. Weapons, um, kind of newer coaching staff that can ho- that can open it up maybe even a little bit more. Um, love, love Herbert. I think he's I, – I could I could take him as QB6 too, um, for sure. Um, so I have him kind of in that tier. To me, it's, you know, the five that went and then kind of Russell Wilson, Herbert in their own, in their own tier. And then, and then Brady and, and kind of Stafford and Rogers right, right after that. So, um, yeah, I love, I love Herbert and the sky's the limit with him this year, I think. You know, Jared, I'm just realizing, like I, I said a couple of names as I fill in for Matt tonight of players who were not yet picked. Uh, is that bad form? Like, are, are we in this these loaded rooms? Are 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 these guys <laughs> listening in for ideas? I hope. I, I guess I assumed not, and that they would know who the players are that I, you know, maybe yeah, mistakenly they, mentioned. Yeah, they they might be listening, but even if they are, I don't think uh, you know you mentioning a name is going to impact their their decisions. So I think I think you're yeah. safe. I had a different idea, but this is an award winning podcast. Maybe I'll mix it up. <laughs> middle of round or actually <laughs> the deep end is we're still waiting for those awards they have not yet they've not yet rolled in uh middle of round two crack rock goes austin eckler to go with josh allen then we have tom brady with mahomes last year's super bowl quarterbacks to danny mueller saquon barkley in round two to kimra schleicher with alvin Kamara. then we have calvin ridley to liz loza at 211 and jalen hurts gets to quarterback nine tonight at uh 212 to Matt Schauf, who then goes Matt Stafford at 301. You guys know Matt very well. Jared, what do you think of his start? Is it uh, what you would have expected given how things fell? Yeah, at least the Hurts pick. I know Matt is pretty high on Hurts. Um, I mean, man, with him, it's just a question of if he's going to be on the field. Like, I mean, can he stay healthy? Is he going to you know, play well? He'd have to bomb, I think, to get benched, you know, if, if Joe Flacco is the backup option. Um, but then there's the Deshaun Watson rumors floating around um so that's kind of the risk with Hertz but man if, if he plays all 17 games I think he's going to beat quarterback nine just because of that rushing ability yeah same to, same here we've talked about Hertz a bunch uh on the, on the deep end uh yeah that rushing ability has got him this guy's the limit for him too for fantasy wise um and I love I love Stafford so um I mean I think they're, they're, they're a nice pair too I think Stafford's got a nice high floor mm-hmm. obviously n- n- no or not much rushing there, um, and then Hertz has that top five weekly up upside. Do you like? Do you do you? Either of you guys like Stafford over Aaron Rodgers though? Uh, I, I do. I just like the whole offense. I feel like it. You know, speaking of stacking, I feel like there's better. There's nice stacking options there. I've stacked the Rams a ton. Um, you know, and Rodgers was like insanely like record breaking efficient little last year. Like his yeah. touchdown rate, all that stuff. Like that's coming down. 
Um, yeah, I, I just I just like Stafford to do this year. It's really an interesting call. We, we've gotten, in terms of Rodgers, more so than Stafford, but certainly Brady and what Breeze was, we've gotten so used to older quarterbacks just keeping their pace up. And it, I don't know, like the, hum- <laughs> the species, like how much more uh, susceptible, how much less susceptible are we at 38, 39 as NFL quarterbacks, I guess, to uh, basically just hold off father time. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is someone who's, Late, I think he's 39 or is about to be 39, and I don't know. You never hear that. You just hear about how he's going to throw the ball downfield all the time, and he's finally got a good team, and here's his chance to make the playoffs. But, man, like we just don't care about their age anymore, and, you know, it's, it's still a little bit old. And so is Matt Ryan in between here as we get into round three with Liz Loza taking Matt Ryan right after Stafford from Matt. Then two receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Brown. Jared, neither is a stack there. That's a close one, too, isn't it? Again, my, my fantasy last night was going to be Murray and Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Hopkins versus A.J. Brown. Anybody feel strongly? I feel strongly in favor of Hopkins there. Baseline projection, I think you can project him for like 30 more targets than A.J. Brown, and he might even end up with more than that, You know, assuming Julio stays healthy in Tennessee for most of the season. So it's Hopkins there for me. Um, Liz did get the Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley stack. Right. That's, that's early for Matt. You know, it's early for me on Matt Ryan. I'm curious. I'd be curious to know if Liz has Matt Ryan ranked that highly, or if she sort of, you know, went down her rankings just to get that, that quarterback stack. Yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about earlier is, you know, is if, if you're reaching for a, st- I mean, Ryan is probably not going to be there when it gets back to her. Um, maybe, but- I mean, maybe. It's Maybe. close. I mean, <laughs> yeah. only, only two quarterbacks have gone since she took her since she took him. But yeah, I'm not. I mean, Matt Ryan has been uh, horrible without Julio Jones over over his, his his career. I get he's got Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, but but Julio is 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 Julio, and he's you know. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have done Ryan there. I would have just you know uh, just gone with and and I, and I hope she didn't take Ridley trying to get that stack either. Like I hope it was just one of those, like, Hey, let me get the quarterback to go with my receiver. But like, I like, I like, I like probably Hopkins there over, over Ridley. I do like Ridley at four though. I'm fine there. Yeah. If that's independent. I'm yep. fine there. Uh, all right. So Hopkins, then AJ Brown's Danny Mueller at pick four. Aaron Rodgers ends up being quarterback 12 to crack rock. I bet he's pleased there with Allen and then Austin Eckler as well on that team. Everybody's pleased. How could you not be pleased with these teams? Look at these players and you're just in this league. What a what a life. Uh, Alan Soslowski at Roster Watch takes Antonio Gibson at running back nine. That's nice, middle around three. The running backs again here, we saw this last night. You know, they, they're lasting, including some big names. If you're watching the board as we speak here early into round four. You know, Jared, you, you went running back three times to start your draft. And, you know, I think you're doing that partly at least because that's where the value is, right? Like that's what is part of making you an excellent player. Um, like independently, though, what does it look like when it's the next day and you see a team that starts that way? And what are, I guess, maybe the better question would be, how does it change the rest of your night? I mean, does it put the pressure on? Oh, yeah, I was feeling the pressure last night, making sure I, you know, just locked up a couple starting quarterbacks, you know, with how long I waited on those guys. I think I think Derek Carr, who I took as my second, was like the last locked-in starter. So um, 
Yeah, again, it, you know, it was not how I planned for that draft to go. I thought maybe I'd get Mahomes at four. I thought, you know, maybe Wilson or Herbert would get to me in the second round. I thought maybe Stafford would be there in the third, but it just, it just didn't happen. So you know, I just I, I didn't force it, took the running backs, hoped I could make quarterback work later, and maybe I did. We'll, we'll see. I'm going to need uh, Deshaun Watson or Drew Locke to, you know, start yeah. a bunch of games for me. What do you think, Adam? What do you think about a team that starts that way? I mean, if you get it. Totally get it. Yeah, no, I would have, you know, yeah, those running backs are studs. And, and I remember talking to you last night, Jared, and, hey, if you knew Barkley was going to be there in the third, right. you know, would you have taken that running back in the second? And you said no, and I agree with that too. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. But the potential there is is just absolutely awesome. And you still got your starting quarterbacks, you know what I mean? So you got to – There's there's got to be some give somewhere. Uh, in these, because you got to start three receivers, but you got to, you know, you're probably going to start two two quarterbacks, but you got to have running backs. It's a tight end premium. So you don't want to be weak there. It's it's there's got to be some give, and uh, if you can get some starting quarterbacks and you get three, you know, if you you could have three top eight running backs, you know, then you don't care who's who's a quarterback. The news has improved somewhat on Barkley to the point where maybe now, and this is also Carson Wentz, I suppose, as it happens, but week one is uh, is in the window. All right, we are at Zachary Kruger with the seven spot in round three. DK Metcalf is wide receiver seven to go with Stephon Diggs. Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry, interestingly, for John Scuderi at 308. Jonathan Taylor is Todd Burroughs' first running back at 309. Joe Mixon, the second of three in a row at running back. He's running back 11. He goes to Ian Hart. It's there at pick 10 in the third round. Scott Barrett with Nick Chubb. Uh, to follow that, and then two receivers at the 3-4 turn to Ryan Hodge, Keenan Allen, and C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has been a story in the last week plus in fantasy drafts as there's more and more hype about him, seeing in a main event draft uh, round two sometimes for C.D. Lamb. I believe I saw that anyway. Uh, what do you think of that, Jared? C.D. Lamb early. I mean that that's where he goes now. You know, if you're if you're drafting, expect CD Lamb to go somewhere between wide receiver eight and wide receiver ten. It's like two or three spots higher than I'm taking him. I'm taking Justin Jefferson over him. I'm taking Allen Robinson over him. Once those guys are off the board, I'm totally fine with CD Lamb. You know, he is a stud. It's a great offense. The, the concerns are just is just the the target volume with Cooper with Gallup there. You know, the, you know Zeke's going to get his touches. Um, but I mean, if Cooper or Gallup miss time, then you know that that's kind of all Lamb needs, I think, to to pay off that type of, of price tag. Yeah, Lamb's hard to pass up. I was, it's just he's just so hard to pass up because he's so good, and he's in such a great great offense, and they play him out of the slot, which is such a good idea. Um, and it's just you just see it. I, it's just a guy that I don't want to completely fade. Um, and not fade him based on like, he's not going to be good. Just fade him based on where he's going. Like Keenan Allen, like I'm taking Keenan Allen over him. Like there's just a lot of guys that are just awesome too. Um, you know, Hawkinson, if you're looking for a tight end premium pick, uh, it's just hard to, to, to really get on him at his, maybe his ceiling I and mean, his, his weekly ceilings, you know, wide receiver is top three will wide receiver weekly, but over the course of the year, I feel like he's going to have some duds that maybe some other receivers wouldn't have because of that volume, uh, the target volume. He goes here above Justin Jefferson, wide receiver nine to Ryan Hodge at pick 401. Scott Barrett into round four, his third running back in a row. Najee Harris is the pick there. Then Justin Jefferson to Ian Harditz. 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to Todd Burroughs, his second running back in four picks. No receivers yet for Todd. He's the one team. No, Scott Barrett also in that situation. But they're coming up in round five with a look at that. John Scuderi at 4.05 takes Allen Robinson, wide receiver 11. Then Trey Lance to Zachary Kruger at 4.12. One of the other things I had in mind last night, picking in the same spot as Zachary, by the way, was Lance in that spot. And before last night, Jared, that would have been early uh, for these drafts for Lance, but there's so much hype. He ends up going, I believe, 310, 3-9, 3-10 last night. And that put me on Justin Fields in this spot last night. So rookie quarterbacks with still yet no assurance for when they're going to get in in terms of Lance and Fields, the fantasy community is uh, biting anyway. Yeah, and the upside's exciting. I mean, Lance especially with what he could do on the ground. And, you, I mean, Kyle Shanahan did it with Robert Griffin as a rookie. You know, similar type of player to Trey Lance. And RG3 finished quarterback seven that year in in, 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 in fantasy. He had, you know, 800-something rushing yards. That That's what you could see from Trey Lance. Maybe better because I think, you know, San Francisco's weapons are better than what Washington had for RG3. So I, I think there's top five upside with Trey Lance fields ceiling is similar, maybe not quite as high. Um, it's just a question of when they're going to get on the field. And, you know, if you had asked me the night after the first round of the draft, I would have told you Justin Fields will be on the field before Trey Lance, but now it, you know, it sure seems like Lance is, is closer to getting that starting job. Adam, you and I had a decision in pros versus Joe's Lance or fields. We had fields that night, but both guys have a lot to offer. Yeah. I love, I mean, is Lance. So it's hard. Cause I'm not a big, I'm, you know, I don't watch a ton of college tape and and whatever, but like Lance played what one game as a as a this is last year in, in college there. Like, what is his rushing? Like, I feel like Fields' rushing upside is way higher than than Lance. Am I am I am I crazy? I don't think I would never call you crazy. Like while we're on camera, but <laughs> feel free. Uh, Lance was a spectacular. He has spectacular rushing stats. Yeah, even though he didn't play last year hardly. So yeah, yeah. I mean. That's what just, the, that's that's the expectation here. That's priced into his his ADP is that he was going to run a lot. Yeah, I mean, if if we're looking, and I know it's a comparison because it's the Niners, but if we're looking at like a a Colin Kaepernick type type player, then then yeah, sign sign me up. And yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've got some Lance and him and Fields kind of go back and forth. They're right in that QB 13, 14 range. I just feel a little more comfy with Fields because I I think that. Um, he does have a little bit more rushing upside. You know, he's got Allen Robinson to, to, to lean on there. And, um, and like you said, I think he's going to get in a little bit sooner, I think, but, uh, who knows, who knows how, how it's going to turn out. Yeah. I, I feel more comfy with, with fields as an NFL passer. I mean, you know, just the experience that he has over Trey Lance. Um, and, he, and you're right. Their, their rushing upsides are similar. I think Lance's might be a bit higher. I, you know, he, yeah. Like Mike said, what he did, in that 2019 season, he had like 1,100 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. You know, he he reminds me some of like Taysom Hill as a runner. He reminds me some of like Cam Newton as a runner. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, kind of in that mold. So, um, and the other reason I think Lance has a higher ceiling is I like his weapons better than what Fields yeah. has in Chicago, and I, I trust that coaching staff in San Francisco more than I, I do in Chicago. Yeah, I, I just I know that. Um... You know, again, I think I may have said it last night. Jay Moyer over at FF Astronauts, Mike and I had him on the on the pod, and he had Fields as a, as his number one ranked quarterback, yep. uh, college prospect going into the draft. So that that means something. You know, Fields playing in the Big Ten and rushing against you know those players 
means a little bit more to me too. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, I love young athletic quarterbacks. It makes the league way more exciting. And I'm so happy that they took taunting out of the league because we don't want any sort of joy at all going on. So, yeah, we we'll see. Maybe we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like there might be, you guys are too smart for this, but there might be a slight bias against Chicago. So against fields, because it's the Bears, and no one alive has ever seen the Bears have a fun, great quarterback. Like, no one still alive has ever seen that. So <laughs> I, I think maybe that serves as some sort of sneaky hidden value in uh, Fields, but who knows. Uh, to finish out round four after Trey Lance, Fields still on the board as we talk about him so much. Roster watch Alan Soslowski in that slot tonight with Terry McLaurin, first of three receivers in a row. That it's Mike Evans to Crack Rock and Chris Godwin to Danny Mueller. Uh, I wonder if Danny, just quickly, I wonder if Danny was on either of the Bucks receivers there with Tom Brady as one of his quarterbacks. He gets Godwin instead of Evans. Is that's fine, right? I, I think that's a coin flip. It's it, yeah, it's close enough. You know, I I wouldn't be flipping a coin if I'm deciding between the two. I would I would take Evans, um, but it but it, it's it's close. It, Evans just wins on the red zone roll. I just think he's a better t- touchdown bet. Future Hall of Famer Mike Evans, Adam. I mean, that's I don't I don't have to flip a coin to tell you that he's gone wide receiver thirteen. I think in every draft except for mine, where it's insane that I waited on him and got him. At, I think wide receiver nineteen. I, I would have thought that Mike would have been texting people to 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 to, to snag him, <laughs> to snag him to put me on tilt. I would never do that. I remember Evans. that we were, you know, we were on stream wondering if you were going to take Evans or Cooper Cup. You went cop, and then you know what do you know? Evans is still there when it That's came back. Right. Next year. That's right. I don't. I still am waiting for my ten bucks for that call. Evans, <laughs> who wears number thirteen, wide receiver thirteen. Adam, I look forward to seeing the Mike Evans bust in Canton with you uh, this, this weekend. weekend. That's right. Two tight ends in a row to Kimra Schleicher and then Liz Loza, Mark Andrews, and T.J. Hawkinson. Interesting order. I mean, Hawkinson is often going before Andrews, but um, fine. Then we have Chris Carson to his biggest fan, Matt Schauf at 412. Start round five, <laughs> Matt drafts Robert Woods, wide receiver 15. That's before Cup, who I don't think has yet been drafted. Uh, David Montgomery to Liz Loza at 502. Then two quarterbacks, Burrow and Lawrence following that. Danny Mueller, Jared, three quarterbacks, two receivers. What do you think of that structure? Yeah, and you know, Dan. Danny's a better drafter than me, so you know he probably knows what he's doing. I, I would I would not take another quarterback in round five after spending you know my first two picks on the position. You know he, he's he's banking on Mahomes and Brady being great, spending his top two picks on those guys. So you know it, if Lawrence is needing to start for him a lot, that means Mahomes and or Brady disappointed. So not what I would have done, but again, you know Danny Danny knows what he's doing, so we'll see. Yeah, same here. I would have gone QB there, but. But yeah, Danny. Danny's been doing this a long, a long time, and uh, but yeah, I probably. And there's also something to be said too. I mean, if you really want to get into the game theory, whatever, like you know, if you've got three good ones, you know, that's those are quarterbacks that other people can't use. You know, you got guys like, you know, you got Liz who still only has one, and it's Matt Ryan. You got Kimro who's got only got one, and it's Burrow. You know, so so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if maybe he can uh, m- get a monopoly on those quarterbacks. Yeah. Um... It's, that, that's right. No, no running back there, and that's an easily relatable 
situation when you look at the names at running back because there's some question about all of them once you get into the fifth round here. But he's going to eventually have to land on somebody. Kyle Pitts goes at 5.05 to Crack Rock. That would have been interesting to see on Liz's team with Ryan and Ridley. But Pitts makes it to the middle of round five. Then it's J.K. Dobbins to go with Lamar Jackson on the roster watch team. Zachary Kruger takes his second quarterback, Kirk Cousins. I almost said to go with Diggs. <laughs> almost. Uh, jo- that's a couple years ago. John Scuderi then takes Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is one of the interesting names uh, from last night. The ninth round, Jacobs. And then here he goes, running back 18, fifth round, that's closer to what I think we're used to with Jacobs. You guys, I mean, Jared, you were in the draft with me. Did you think anything of that last night with Jacobs falling to round nine? Yeah, he's just one of those guys that, like, no one wants to take, even though, I mean, man, in round nine, he's just uh, – he, he's an easy value. Um, you know, he, he's going to get the carries. I'm, everything we've heard out of, out, of, out of Vegas is, you know, Drake is there to do some of the pass-catching stuff that, you know, Jalen Richard and – DeAndre Washington have done in recent years. I I think Jacobs, when healthy, is still going to be the clear lead ball carrier there. Yeah, I mean they got rid of their, their whole off offensive line, um, you know, and they don't love Jacobs. That's why they you know brought in Drake and uh, you know Jacobs is just going under undervalued. I feel like the, he needs to leave uh, Vegas before we can really see what he's what he's made of. But um, yeah, he certainly needs to be taken before around around nine, but. Um, I'm not taking him ahead of DeAndre Swift here. You know, I'm not taking him ahead of ETN or Henderson. So, um, yeah, that's I just have Jacobs a little, a little bit lower. My favorite take I've heard on Jacobs uh, so far when it comes to the Raiders is, you know, it, your tendency can be to look at the money and say, well, okay, they paid Kenyon Drake this, so they're going to use him. And that can be, you know, a, a smart way of attacking trying to make those predictions. I, I heard, I'm not sure who it was, but I heard on the Raiders, like that John Gruden doesn't care. He's not going to care about that. He, he's going to pick the players he wants for certain roles. And then, you know, you, you guys, Mike Mayock, the rest of you guys figured out. So I don't think the money has to mean anything when it comes to Drake, which is a point toward Jacobs. Like I, I think prob, my guess would be that Jacobs still plays that decidedly primary role for the Raiders. That said, when it came to be my turn last night, I passed every time. Uh, DeAndre Swift at 509, three running backs in a row for Todd from PA. We have Ian Harditz going with Baker Mayfield, his second quarterback at 510. Mayfield might be 510. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper to Scott Barrett. There's the Dallas stack I remember for last night, only with Elliott. And then DJ Moore. Four receivers and five picks for Ryan Hodge. Just to talk about his team, guys, for a second. Then Travis Etienne at 601. No quarterback here. That's going to be, what, 83 picks into this draft at the earliest before we see Ryan take his first. Yeah, that was that was quick math there by you. Pick 83. Good. Um, yeah, that, well, I'm curious to see. He's a stronger beverage. Shoots him at the blackjack table. He's, he's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see what Hodge does there, um, you know, who he gets and how many quarterbacks he takes after waiting that long. Um, yeah, I think awesome for, for Scott Barrett to, to get Cooper there at wide receiver 16 to stack with his, his uh, Dak Prescott and Zeke. DeAndre Swift, to me, that's a huge value uh, to get him in the late fifth round at RB19. I just think he's going to catch a ton of passes. And I'm not excited about the Lions offense, but, I mean, 
I don't think it's going to be a complete disaster. I think Goff is, you know, okay. He's not as bad as a lot of people make you believe. It's also a really good offensive line they have there. I mean, that, that, it could be a top 10 line. So I, I just think, it, I mean, with Swift, though, it's, it's really the targets. I think, you know, he could catch 60 balls this season. So, so to get him at RB19 in, in a full PPR seems seems really strong. Yeah, Mike, what do you think about him? I know you you, you interviewed a beat writer today, right, from, uh, from, from Detroit? Yes, on WGR, we talked to a guest from the Locked on Lions podcast, Matt Derry. I'm glad I could think of it. Matt Derry. He was great. And, you know, he, he talked about Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams will exist in that in that offense. Yep. We just don't know to the extent. But I'll, I'll, I'll fully buy into Dan Campbell as, you know, your dad's your dad's favorite coach, right? Like run and stop the run, field position. I don't know about punting on third down, but maybe. I mean, I, I think Detroit has a chance to be that kind of team. Limit mistakes from Goff, shorten the game, all those phrases we grew up listening to, or I did, that uh, mostly, thankfully, have been retired. So I think, in general, that bodes well for Swift, and I've liked him. At his value, I think he's, he's uh, a win. I mean, I'm happy. It's just like I'm, most of my teams don't have running backs in, in that spot. Sure. But I think, you know, if you end up with Swift, I think that's that's quite good. Uh, Adam Thielen, if we get into round six here, Scott Barrett takes a second receiver with Thielen at 602. There's Daryl Henderson to Ian Harditz at 603. What do you think of this team so far, uh, Jared? Murray, Mayfield, Mixon, Henderson, Adams, Jefferson. No tight ends yet. Tight ends are taking their time in general, it seems, tonight. I think we saw that last night as well. I like Ian's team. It's balanced. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Joe Mixon guy. I think RB11 is a value. Um, gets Henderson as RB2, so he's solid at RB. Uh, you know, Adams and then Justin Jefferson, I thought Jefferson at wide receiver 10 was a value, so, he, he, you know, he's good there. So, yeah, just got to figure out tight end now, but I think it's, it's a good start at those other three spots. Yeah, I like it. Same here. Nice. Um, it's always fun and kind of sexy to see teams – load up on one position or two positions and and have it be oh I'm gonna dominate this one thing but it's there's always something to be said to have a little have a little bit of everything here but we got to see what he's gonna do at tight end. I I like this is what I did last night. I'm trying to think of your team Jared like I I'm I was fine to wait. For me it was round twelve which I think made me last to pick my first and I know the premium point but I think your chances are just as good in the second half of this draft, finding your way to three, you know, playable tight ends who will play, then they are in the middle here. So I, I think up top is fine, depending on how, how you want to start. This is where I get scared. Noah Fant just went. We're not to him in the countdown yet, but I had a friend last night who was pushing Noah Fant. I just can't. Like, I, I feel like these guys in the middle here at tight end are, are a little scary for what you could get at wide receiver instead. Yeah, I completely agree. I had a conversation with one of the, a guy that I co-own quite a bit of FFPC teams with, and I'm and, and I'm the same way. Like, give me give me the the premier tight ends, or I'm just gonna wait and wait. And because yeah, Noah fan, I, I just can't. The Logan Thomas, no way. These guys over the you know the uh, receivers that are available there. You just don't know. There's so many question marks. With no Noah fan. You see the the third option on, on his team, like. You know, I can get that with Irv with Irv Smith. You know, five right. rounds later. So, uh, yeah, I'm the same. And plus, last year, I know this is maybe isn't the smartest thing to do, but last year I just got burned so many. Th- Hayden Hurst, what happened to him? Tyler Higby, 
what happened to him, Austin Hooper, what happened to like all these mid round guys that had question marks, like they just disappeared and they killed you. So give me, yeah, give me those receivers with less question marks, and I'll, and especially in best ball, I'll take two or three tight ends in in the later rounds that'll that'll give me a, at least one decent week. Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly with you guys there. I, I ended up taking Goddard last night at 9:04 as the tenth tight end off the board. So yeah, I thought tight end ten and ninth round. I thought I thought Goddard was just a, a value there. Um, he was my tight end one. I was willing to wait longer. The other nice thing about this format is with with 25 rounds. You can burn like five picks on tight ends. Um, I did that last year, and I got like I got like Mo Ali Cox late, who started for me a few times. You can find guys that are going to give you some starting weeks. And um, last night I took Donald Parham late. Tyler Conklin is a guy who I like late. Uh, you know, just looking at last night's draft, um, Kylan Granson. It's kind of interesting. So I, I I do think with twenty five rounds, you can afford to wait and then just kind of play the numbers game and hope you kind of get you know quantity over quality at tight end. Yeah, exactly. That's a key point, the fact that this this draft is so deep. I agree. Tyler Lockett goes 604 to Todd Burrows, and that starts a run of six receivers in a row. Julio Jones to John Scuderi. Brandon Ayuk maybe in the same spot or at least in the same column as I was there last night to Zachary Kruger at Team 7. Cooper Cup later than we're used to at 707 or 607, make that to Alan Soslowski at Roster Watch. Then we have Deontay Johnson to Crack Rock and Jamar Chase, a third receiver to go with three quarterbacks so far. Danny Mueller with a very interesting. I had a green shirt on with red shorts today, and someone at work immediately blurted out when they saw me that I looked like a watermelon. Is a watermelon draft a thing in these uh, in your these MFL colors? Is Danny Mueller drafting a watermelon team? It is. is it is now for, for sure. <laughs> is it a Christmas tree or is it a watermelon? What is it with the, <laughs> the red and green? Uh, Jamar Chase at 24. That list of six receivers, Lockett, Julio, Ayuk, Cup, Deontay Johnson, and Chase. Adam, is there anything, what, what jumps out to you about that order, if anything? Oh, I'm so happy you came to me first. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 22. I mean, I don't want to get ahead. To me, this is this is the team right right here, this roster watch team. Has some great value to me, a great build. I mean, his next pick, I don't, you know, I'm, I'll let you do that, Mike. But his next pick, sensational. Uh, I mean, I, I'm taking Cup over over the five or six previous receivers to him. I just, I love Cup. I mean, we're we're doing a, um, a main event on the Draft Sharks Discord right now, and Cup went in the third round. Like him, and you can't get Cooper Cup in the main event past the middle of the round four. You know, he's he's just. Him and Robert Robert Woods are flying up draft boards. I don't know what's changed over the last three or four months, but uh, they're flying up draft boards. And, man, wide receiver 22, it's such great value. And um, I like this team a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it. I mean, Cup just got unlucky in the touchdown department last year. You know, the, the volume was still there. The catches yards were still, were, were still there. And, you know, he was a top – I believe he was a top five wideout in 2019, wasn't he? Yes. Um. So, I mean, with – the best quarterback he's played with now as a pro in Stafford. I, I could, you know, I could see him finishing top ten again this season. So I would have taken Cup probably around earlier. The only wide receiver in that range that went ahead of him that I, I like is Todd taking Tyler Lockett just to pair with Russell Wilson. To me, yeah. Lockett and Cup are close enough that I would have gone Lockett there just to get the stack with with Wilson. Yeah, Lockett you know, quick, there. Quick follow up on the Rams when when Acres went down. 
all the conversation was about what the Rams would do at running back. I've heard almost no analysis of what the rest of the offense, the effect of the rest of the offense <laughs> might might be. Jared, yeah. if I not if I not turned your station on often enough, or what are you thinking here? <laughs> well, I wrote in my initial you know Acres injury reaction article that you know I, I thought one result might be the Rams just throwing it a whole bunch more. Um, in 2019, when Todd Gurley was running on fumes, that's what they did. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they've been like 55, 56 percent pass in three of McVay, McVay's four seasons, but they were up around like 60 percent in that 2019 season when they didn't have a good running game. So. If Henderson struggles or gets hurt, I could see McVay just saying, you know, we're going to chuck it 40 times a game with Stafford and, and, and these wide receivers. Okay, well, Adam, look, I mean, no excuse. Uh, you, I haven't read on the subject. Jared, who was sitting right here, wrote on the subject. That's right. Uh, that's embarrassing. This is not how you win awards. <laughs> this is not how you win awards, I think. 6'10", Logan Thomas to Kimber Schleicher, then Miles Sanders to Liz Loza, and Robbie Anderson to Matt Schauf. Robbie Anderson, like you maybe heard it in my voice. Every time I see his name, I'm like, yes, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't know if that's maybe early for him, but so be it. I, I like that choice. Noah Fant to Matt at 701, then Taysom Hill at quarterback 19. Before my boy, we got to get there. Kimra goes Chase Edmonds at 7'3", Jerry Judy to Danny Mueller at 7-4. Love that. Still red and green, watermelon style. Uh, Crack Rock goes Mike Davis at 7-0-5, and then Fields. And Adam, I mean, you said you like that team. I'm not sure if Fields had any part in that because Cup is, you know, special to you. But look at Fields. That was round – I did that at 4-0-6 last night. This is 7-0-6. Yeah, that, that's what just – that's what puts it over the top. I mean, I don't even know if Roster Watch was looking to grab a third tight end that early when he went – I'm sorry, third uh, quarterback that early when he, when he said our quarterback, quarterback, but at QB 20 in a best ball, when you don't have to pick one to start him and he's going to have some monster weeks, I think that's a fantastic pick. It's kind of a luxury pick, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I could go look back, but there's no way he went lower than quarterback 20 in any of these other, other ones. Jared, do you like that? It is his third, and you made the point right. before about another team that's a, that's a bench player. Yeah, still not sure if you know a quarterback in round seven after opening with two is like optimal i mean it's you know it's two rounds later than than danny took his third quarterback and i i agree that fields at quarterback 20 in a vacuum is a strong value so i i'm not totally opposed to that pick um again i'm just not sure i'd take three quarterbacks with my first seven picks i want to go back to Taysom hill like does does liz you know with her yahoo connections have some inside info that you know hill's going to be the starter there because that's that's early for him we should have her on the show and ask her. I think that's the best we can do. <laughs> well, I mean, if you had to call it right now, who starts week one, I think I would pick him, but doesn't mean it's not early. Yeah, I was convinced it was going to be Jameis a month ago, but it seems like they're playing evenly in camp so far. And I, I do think the Michael Thomas injury might push them towards Taysom Hill. And they yeah. might just say, you know, we're going to run the ball 35 times a game, at least until Thomas is back. So it, it, it could be Hill. Well, which is better for fantasy overall with the Saints? I, I would think also Hill. You think of Winston in a more traditional quarterback role, his his weapons don't look like much at this point. I mean, maybe sort of like league low with the loss of Michael Thomas. You still have Kamara. Uh, so very interesting team. There's a lot of negativity toward the Saints uh, right now. 
So after Justin Fields at 7.06, two tight ends, Irv Smith and Robert Tunyon, who may have gone back-to-back last night, also 7-8 in the seventh round. First tight end for John Scuderi, John Scuderi excuse me, following Zachary Kruger. Derek Carr goes to Todd Burroughs at 7.09. He goes Russell Wilson and Derek Carr at quarterback, two guys you would normally expect to play every week. Uh, one of the great things about Wilson is he just plays every week. Ian Harditz goes Odell Beckham. Jared, this was your roster last night, I think, Beckham. He, he made it to your team? Uh, he did. I think I took him around earlier. I also stacked Beckham with Baker Mayfield, which uh, Ian did there. So great mm-hmm. great lines with uh, me and Ian there. <laughs> Dallas Goddard at tight end 11, 7-11 to Scott Barrett, his first tight end. And Tua Tangabaloa becomes Ryan Hodges' quarterback one to wrap the seventh round. Then a Dolphin pairing here with Miles Gaskin, at 8.01. I like the idea of Miles Gaskin, but I never get there. It's somewhat of the same point as Jacobs. I, I don't know, like maybe this is outdated or just shallow, but I I still feel like Miami is one of these few teams where anything could change at any moment at, at running back. Even Atlanta, so Atlanta with Mike Davis, then Deontay Foreman shows up, and there's a little bit of shockwaves there. I mean, maybe he hardly matters in the end, but still, like, when you when you live like that, these guys, these kind of guys, it's kind of always on the wire, and you feel like because they don't have that contract or they don't have that draft status, they could go at any moment. Yeah, no, that's a great. Those are those are great points, Mike. I mean, and that's you know the thing about you know they call it the running back dead zone. They call them trap backs. You know, running backs that just yeah they don't they don't have a lot of draft capital. They don't have a lot of experience dominating the league stuff like that. So any little thing if they have a run of a couple bad games, you know next thing you know Salvin Ahmed's coming in there and uh, Malcolm Brown's getting the goal line carries and stuff like that. So normally th- those are the type of guys that I stray away from heavily and go with more established receivers in that range. But when you start was it Haja that took him? Yeah. When you start zero RB. You know, now it's like okay. Well, now you you know he's certainly worth worth a shot when you've got five or six good running back, sorry, five or six good receivers, an elite tight end, elite quarterback. You know, I'm sure he's thrilled to have him as his as his RB one after after that start. Etn, yeah, I drafted him last yeah. night. I think there's high upside, of yeah. course. Uh, does he get more than half the carries in an offense that has a lot of different interesting options? I don't know. The guy who might or who sort of has outranked him there in terms of seniority is still, as of yet, not picked uh, tonight. But I, I'm all for ETN. He seems like one of those league winner types. Jared? He could be. I think he should be. What is that Jacksonville coaching staff doing down there? They they still have Gardner Menchu <laughs> taking first-team reps in camp. I, I, I know you want to promote competition, and, you know, we're going to let this play out, and the best guy's going to play. But you're, you're just wasting practice reps that, that could be going to, to, you know, your first overall pick in, in Trevor Lawrence. So I, 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 that, that's what I'm worried about with ETN. I don't, I don't trust that coaching staff to do the right thing in that backfield. Mike, yeah, does, I, <laughs> if, our, if our podcast wants to win awards, Mike, I think what we want to do is have a, have a segment called coaches are idiots and just talk <laughs> about every week uh, during the regular season, the, the, the coaching decisions, like what is, you're right, Jared, what are you, what is he doing? Like, I just, I just don't because, like you said the other the other day, ETN. No, nobody takes a running back in the first round and doesn't use him, except for people who don't know what they're, what they're doing. Like, you know, who knows? ETN, you're right. He has that Kamara type upside. He's got, you know, a, ten to twelve carries and four to five targets a game, which would be awesome. But what are they doing? Like, who knows? 
Nobody takes a running back in the first round, doesn't use him. Nobody wastes high draft picks better than Jacksonville. Yeah. Sure. I don't think it's idiots. I don't want to give an essay on it, but, I mean, you have a guy there that's won a lot at the college level and might think he just has it. He just knows. And so he wanted Kadarius Tony with that pick, which is interesting too. It's a little scary, but Lawrence plays and he's great and maybe it turns out. So we'll see. Tony, uh, yeah, Tony yeah. would have been an even worse pick than ETN. So I think he got kind of lucky that the Giants <laughs> bailed him out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Chase Claypool at 802. I like that value. He goes to Scott Barrett. Then you have T. Higgins, also like that, at 803 to Ian Harditz. Trey Sermon is Todd Burroughs' fourth running back. That's hefty. But Sermon, a very interesting rookie for San Francisco, of course. John Scuderi takes Kenny Galladay at 805 as wide receiver 30. And then Zachary Kruger takes every fantasy player's darling, Tyler Boyd, as his fourth wide receiver. We've got two Bengal wide receivers in that group. Jamar Chase had gone about a round and a half to two rounds earlier. What's the best value, Jared, in the Cincinnati wide receiver crop? What's the best value? At these price tags tonight, it's Higgins for me. Um, And I think it's Higgins for me in general, although it's close between him and Tyler Boyd. You know, Boyd just kind of is what he is. Like, I think he's going to give you – he's going to finish somewhere between wide receiver 24 and 30. Higgins, I think, has kind of a similar floor, but I think he's the guy who could pop and, you know, finish as a top 15 wide receiver kind of, you know, if, if like, Jamar Chase doesn't totally fire this year. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Boyd came up a little bit, so he's sort of the value pick, but maybe less so when you're looking at him uh, here. Kareem Hunt goes 807 to Alan Soslowski, drafting for roster watch. Tonight, third running back there. Crack Rock, Greg takes Juju Smith-Schuster at the eighth pick of round eight. Third receiver for him. That would be Javante Williams, another Bronco, back-to-back Broncos for Danny Mueller and his first running back. That's interesting right there. He waited until eight and nine and comes down with two rookies, Javante Williams and Michael Carter. There is upside there. Let's finish the turn, and then we'll talk about that maybe. Michael Thomas, okay. 8-10 8-10 to Kimra Schleicher in that spot. And then it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, a third quarterback for Liz Loza, and then Brandon Cooks for Matt Schauf. Uh, back around Cortland Sutton, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, a second quarterback for Kimra, and then Michael Carter. We drafted Michael Carter last night. I think the Jets are like the Bears from earlier, one of these teams that people are predisposed to not buy into. Jared, this could work. Javante and Michael Carter there, that could work. Could. My concern would be just getting off to a slow start. But I, I think, you know, these rookie running backs, they tend to take over in the second half of the year. I think that's definitely going to be the case with Javante Williams. I, at this point, I'm expecting Melvin Gordon to open as, you know, Denver's lead back. I think by the second half of the season, it'll be Javante. Carter could end, could open the season as the Jets' lead back. Um, so, you know, if I'm Danny, I'd be looking to, you know, with my next running back, add someone you think, you know, is going to get off to a better start just to kind of balance that out. Yeah, I want to love, I want to love Javante Williams, but he just the situation reminds me a lot of J.K. Dobbins from last year. You know, he's going to be the clear best back on the team, mm-hmm. and the coach isn't going to give him the ball. Why? Who know? Who knows? It's, Coaches are idiots. Listen, you said it. Okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, but I love the talent there for sure. I mean, those are what are those? Those those, those are college roommates, right? Those those two guys. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like yeah. – I mean, he's got to be really excited about having 
those uh, as an eight and nine after starting the way that he he started. I just I've fallen for the Javante Williams pick uh, in previous years with that type of player. I, I fall for it all the time. Uh, not anymore. I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I just I, I get stuck between what coaches are going to do and what coaches should do, and I'm starting to lean towards more towards okay, what are they gonna do? Because it's it's so hard to predict what they sh- what 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 they should do, and and so. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, Javante can be uh, can be a stud this year because I think he's way better than uh, what, than everything else they got going on there. By the way, I make it sound so simple and easy that oh well, teams like the Bears and the Jets, you should support them because no one ever expects them to figure out like the right path. You know, there's a reason for that though. <laughs> there's a there's a butt in every one of these points, and you know if the Jets went sideways this time, would it really be surprising? I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. Zach Wilson wasn't most people's number two quarterback. And, you know, Carter is a fourth-round pick. They don't even have to necessarily rely on him. You know, we're just sort of hearing – we're getting that vibe from from uh, training camp reports. Elijah Moore falls into that, that zone too. But that's only worth so much. Debo Samuel to Crack Rock at 9.05, his fourth wide receiver. Then LaVisca Chenault to Alan Soslowski at Roster Watch, his third receiver on that team. Zachary Kruger takes Carson Wentz as his quarterback three. Are we in the, the zone of the draft here, Adam, where you want to get that third quarterback before we start having to dive into players that might not play? Yeah, exactly. Like that's where I want my third quarterback to be, and it, and it works great for you know uh, it works perfectly for a team like Kruger, right? So he waits on quarterback, takes QB fourteen and seventeen, and then he gets a third starter in Carson Wentz. That's always kind of ideal if you can do something like that. It's but it's hard to to kind of plan that draft strategy out, you know, nine rounds deep, and you don't know who's going to load up on quarterbacks, and there's no ADP for this type of stuff. So it's dangerous, but if you can but you can pull it off, uh, I think it works out works out really well for him. My only issue with his three quarterbacks is Trey Lance and Carson Wentz might not be on the field for, you know, the first week or two of the season. So I, I, I probably would have taken like Daniel Jones or, or Sam Darnold instead of Carson Wentz, even though I do like Wentz, you know, when he's healthy over both those guys, but just pairing with Trey Lance, I would have taken someone who I know will be out there for the start of the season. Yeah, I definitely agree, you know, agree there for sure. Yeah. Darnold, Stacking-wise, Darnold is more of a backdoor move because DJ Moore, Anderson, for instance, would have both been picked. When it comes to Wentz, especially after the injury, you have a lot of potential here True. coming up, including including even a running back and multiple tight ends. So we'll see if uh, that's maybe what Zachary has in mind. But, yes, uh, you, might, you might have so far anyway one quarterback in your lineup week one. Not not a death knell, at mm-hmm. least. John Scuderi at 9 0 Eight picks Daniel Jones to go with Galladay right before him. Uh, Devontae Smith to Todd Burrows as wide receiver 39, his second receiver, along with Tyler Lockett in a team that went more running back heavy early. Jalen Waddell at wide receiver 40 to Ian Harditz. That's five going on six for Ian. I, I like the, the theme there. Raheem Mostert uh, running back four for Scott Barrett at 9-11. And then Mike Williams. Is that late? Mike Williams at 9-12 to Ryan Hodge. Adam, that's one of your guys. And I know uh, Dwayne McFarland was into him last night. I think pulled him down maybe round eight. 
Um, what do you think of Mike Williams in this spot? What do you guys know about that that uh, wide receiver forty one? Yeah, I like. Uh, obviously, love the wide receiver forty one. I think we got him, we have him ranked a little bit higher at Draft Sharks. Um, and, and again, best ball. I think is a perfect format for him, right? Yeah, I've got I've got Mike Williams everywhere. The potential there. He's in a, he's he's in a contract year. I just I feel like eventually he's got to, he's got to stay healthy. I mean. You know, wide receivers are, you know, or players in, in general, they are injury prone until they're not, right? So Keenan Allen, his teammate there, was injury prone until he wasn't. So Williams is still young enough where he can he can put together a decent career. Um, and I think this would be the year. Uh, I want to be early on guys like this so we can grab them before they pop because if he pops, he's going to be, you know, a top 24 wide receiver next year. Yeah, even even beyond the injuries, he just hasn't put it all together yet. He, he has a 1,000-yard season, and he has yeah. a – Season with ten touchdowns. Yeah, who's to say he can't go for a thousand yards and score ten touchdowns this season? And then you're talking about you know top twenty wide receiver. Very interesting team, the Chargers. Tons of potential. New coaching staff. I think most fantasy players, if not all, would approve of. And so there, are, everybody there in their own way is somebody like you can see a higher uh, ceiling, higher result. Mike Williams, maybe more than anybody else on that team for that. Probably because Hunter Henry left. If Hunter Henry were still on the Chargers, we'd all be talking about um, how this is finally the year. A little bit the same uh, for him. <laughs> we have nine rounds down. It's Tyler. Oh, by the way, nine oh five wasn't that much different last night to Dwayne McFarland with Mike Williams, uh, wide receiver 38, 39 in that range. Tyler Higby at ten oh one to Ryan Hodge, a second tight end. Sam Darnold goes to Scott Barrett for his second quarterback. He'll. I mean, I think with Darnold. I'm in the camp where I feel like maybe with the Jets, he wasn't good. It's easy to sort of make excuses for him with the Jets, but I don't, I'm not inclined to do that. How do you see Carolina's commitment to him is an interesting question. Deshaun Watson was a rumor with yeah. Carolina, and that has kind of faded. You still don't know, though, what's going to happen with Watson. They gave up pretty good draft picks for Darnold, but this is still a trial, isn't it, Adam? This is still a, 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 tr a tryout for Darnold. I would think though it probably lasts the year though. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, Adam Gase is an O coordinator of a high school team right now. Like that's <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. Like people who, who get who can get away from that situation, um, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. And and we and it's been proven time and time again. Um, I want to give him the, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he was the number one overall pick for for, for a reason. Or the sorry, number the number Number, Number three. three. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Uh, for a reason. I mean, he had all that. He has got all the physical tools. Uh, let's just hope that he's just me. I hope that he's just not maybe mentally broken where he just all the bad habits that he picked up with, with the Jets are there and, and, you, and you can't fix it. But he's, he's got the weapons. He's got weapons galore there. Um, I mean, he's got three. He's got three weapons there that are being taken inside the top six rounds like that he's going to throw to like, so, you know, I think he, if he plays all the games, if he stays healthy, if he can keep his head on, I think he's going to smash a ADP. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it with the weapons and I'd even throw Terrace Marshall in there who I think his ceiling is massive and supposedly he's off to a great start in training camp. So I think he might, I think Darnold might have three strong wide receivers plus, plus uh, McCaffrey. Now he has, you know, he has no rushing upside. So I, I don't think he has like a super exciting ceiling, but, yeah, I mean, at quarterback 27, if he makes it through the season healthy, I, I think he, he's going to beat that. Quick one for me is Michael Gallup, the next pick, 
Scott Barrett went in different directions a few different times when Gal might have been a reasonable choice, reasonable value, uh, and not go Prescott, Elliott, Cooper, Gallup. Would you have is that is that going too far? Like I, I was thinking that way last night. I don't have Elliott on my team, but I have the other ones. Uh, is is Gallup excessive? If you see Scott's team, like, would, do you sort of think he missed an opportunity? How do you look at it, Jared? I would have taken Gallup instead of Mostert. Um, I think Gallup at wide receiver forty two. I think that's a value in a vacuum. Then you throw in the stack value on top of that. Um, now, I mean, I, I think he needed to go quarterback with one, with one of those two picks yeah. there, ninth and tenth, to get that second guy. So, I mean, Darnold I like, but I would have taken Gallup instead of Mostert. He he has. He has three solid backs in uh, Zeke, Chubb, and, and Harris. Yeah, for sure. I think that was uh, probably a misstep. As far, if I'm looking at his team, I absolutely love it until that point. He doesn't need another running back. He's got three studs, um, and I would have gone Gallup and, and Sam, Sam Darnold because Jared's right. He needed a, a quarterback there. Being at the end of, of the draft, being at the end of the round there, he's, he's got to wait all that time. So I definitely would have gone Gallup. Got that stack and got got that quarterback. Miko Hardman goes at ten oh four to Todd Burrows, wide receiver forty three. A lot of buzz about Hardman. Mike Gesicki is tight end two for John Scuderi out of Miami, and then it's Damian Harris to Zachary Kruger, his first running back. Damian Harris here in round ten. Well, he played the game, waited to this point to draft running back one. I'll buy into Harris, Jared. Like you know, it's New England, and we're used to for yeah. years not trusting what we get at running back there. I mean, even Sony Michelle is still there, not to mention Stevenson, but Harris seems pretty close to clear cut as the favorite there right now to me. I don't know. There's a report today from um, whoever the Patriots beat writer is for the athletic. Um, and he called Harris the one a to Michelle's one B and basically oh. said they, they both had excellent camps. Now, you know, we've also heard Michelle is a cut candidate, which could be the case. Cause I mean, you know, they're going to keep, Harris, you know they're going to keep Stevenson and James White's on the team. So they probably have room for, what, one more back, and they have, like, Michelle. They have J.J. Taylor, who I think does some special team stuff. So Michelle could still get cut, and then Harris is the clear guy. Uh, I mean, the the issues with Harris, he's not going to catch passes. We're we're talking full PPR here. And then as long as Cam Newton's a starter, he just steals so many goal line looks. So I I, I think Harris needs Mac Jones to take over if he's really going to smash. But, I mean, at at RB31, um, I think, you know, that that's about where he should be going right now, I think. Yeah, I think the answer to that, Jared, is 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 he a cut candidate and is he the 1B? The answer is yes uh, to both of those. Like, that's just how the, right. how the Patriots roll. Right. Ramondre Stevenson, who people were kind of taking, and I was taking him too, you know, in the 15th, 16th round of these, these drafts, you know, they asked how, how he's doing in camp, and they're like, he's here. That's literally it. Like, he doesn't do anything well. <laughs> he stinks at everything, but, he, but he's here. Like, uh, no one's going to catch passes at running back, I think, except for except for James White. And yeah. Cam Newton's going to steal all the goal line touchdowns. So I don't really see upside for anybody there. I mean, I get it. When you go uh, nine rounds without taking a running back, you you know, you know, want to get someone you think can get you eight points a week. I, I, to- I totally get it. But I, might, I probably would have gone uh, – no, I definitely would have gone James Robinson there, Leonard Fournette there. Um, especially in best ball, the Bucks have an incredible offensive line. They have a really nice schedule. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm kind of off of, of Damian Harris. Cam Newton, 70 rushing touchdowns, four away <laughs> from Tony Dorsett, seven or four away from Earl Campbell, seven away from Tony Dorsett, 
close three away from LaShawn McCoy. I mean, 70 rushing touchdowns for Newton is spectacular, and I hope he keeps going. James Robinson. Is Newton a Hall of Famer? I mean, Adam, you're the Hall of Fame voice. <laughs> I'm right? going to Canton this week. We'll ask, well, this week I will ask some of the experts. But uh, I think like 40 guys just went in a couple right. days ago, so they, <laughs> it might be it might now suddenly get tougher. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I didn't play in the NFL last year, and Newton only threw eight more touchdowns than I did in 16 <laughs> games. So I'm right behind. I was right behind him. I was like one good game behind Ken. I I I really like Newton for one of these teams that's at two quarterbacks right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he does play, that's a score. And I think the Patriots deserve some benefit of the doubt for this. Newton was late getting there. Everybody has laid this out already. He was late getting there. He got sick. He's been hurt, shoulder, foot, everything. They went back to him. They didn't have to do that. I mean, there were lots of available players, Mariota, even in a tra- there were guys available all over the place. They went to Newton. So they did draft Mac Jones, fine. And maybe Mac Jones is just better, and that's it. But I am not afraid of Cam Newton here. And I think if I had, like, Allen's team, although Allen picked Fields, who's the one? Well, Matt would be the one for me where uh, I would want – I think that makes sense uh, coming up, but am I talking too much? Maybe I'm talking too much. <laughs> Are the players supposed to be watching this? I mean, last night I was in this. I couldn't watch. I could, it was at a loud bar, and Mike Leone's – next to me like we couldn't watch the show are you supposed to be watching the show listen I, you're not i didn't i didn't i i got a i got a you know, tunnel vision on, on the draft you gotta lock in you yeah. gotta you gotta draft you gotta commission you know you don't got time to watch the show <laughs> yeah you have that too that's right i mean I, I don't know i think i'll i'll draft then i'll watch the show uh james robinson at 707 to alan soslowski i like that i think there's still a path for robinson to be valuable zach wilson to crack rock at Quarterback three, okay, he's going to play. Elijah Moore, his teammate with the Jets, to Danny Mueller at 10.09, then DJ Chark. Some injury concerns about Chark to Kimber Schleicher, and she's not going to have Michael Thomas for a while. Is she getting a little dangerous here with her wide receiver depth, or is there so much of it left that she should be fine? Jared? Yeah, it's a little dangerous for me. And you're right, there's, you know, what, 16 rounds left or whatever, so she, she has time. And, and I like Chark at wide receiver 45 in a vacuum, but, you know, as your third wide receiver with Thomas as your second, I don't think I would have gone in that direction with those last two wide receiver picks. Yeah, it's it's getting dangerous. You know, if, if it was a situation where you're like, okay, looking at the roster construction, you know, I'm only going to start three receivers all year. I'm not going to use them in any of my two flex positions, but – you know the quarter, the second quarterback is 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 iffy as far as injury, as far as age with Ben Ben Roethlisberger. Your first quarterback's iffy with injury. You know I I don't really see a path to uh, Kimra weekly only having to start three three receivers. So um, yeah, Michael Thomas would have been more of a luxury pick as maybe a wide receiver four, but as a wide receiver two, it's a little it's a little bit scary for me. And and you know kind of what you were saying, Mike, about wide receiver being deep. You know, that can be kind of a myth. I mean, we're like I said, we're in a main event right now where it's we're at the four or five turn and there's no receivers there that, that we like. You know, the, the, the run was we was crazy and uh, there's just not a lot the receivers in certain drafts go so quickly that before you know it, um, you know, you have you know DJ Chark as your wide receiver too, you know. So um 
it's although he did fall here quite a bit to wide receiver for 45, but I think that can be a little bit of a myth that wide receiver is as deep. I think when you get to round 11 in a normal FFPC draft, you are struggling to find receivers that you, that you really like. The next pick is Gabe Davis, and Adam, I'll go right back to you here. I mean, the three of us are all in Western New York. I, I talk about the Bills on WGR every day, and I just had a conversation today about Davis in terms of fantasy. I'm off Davis. I, I think. They, they brought in Sanders. Sanders is above him on the depth chart. He's a player that they've wanted for years. Davis had a tremendous uh, year last year in the red zone, but it was still barely two catches a week. And they have three, uh, easily, I think, three targets who outrank him. So best ball, okay, if it's deeper, but he goes too early, uh, at least in terms of tonight, in my opinion. So, um, you know, if there's an injury, you've got Beasley at 32 and Sanders at 34. Even Diggs has been around. Like there's a, there's a, there's an opening if that happens, but I feel like he's a guy that needs that to perform at his price. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And even if you see that the the wide receivers taken around him, like I know Elijah Moore and Chark were taken before Gabe Davis, the picks right before him, but they're on a whole nother. They're two tiers ahead of Gabe Davis, in my mind. Yeah, Davis is the, probably the wide receiver four there. Now he did what he led the team with eight touchdowns last year, I think. He also had like two or three called back. So he's got that touchdown upside, but yeah, from weekly, uh, from weekly volume, I don't, I, I, you know, in lineup setting, I'm certainly never going to start him unless there's a couple injuries. Um, but you know, he could pop off for five or six scores, but I don't like him here in the 10th round at wide receiver 46. Jared, is there a better, is there a more bright side argument for him? No, not, not at wide receiver 46 for me. I mean, I, I was just digging into Davis this afternoon and uh, prepping for our AFC East pod that, you know, and the draft sharks pod tomorrow. Uh, if you look at how they used him last year, he had a 17 yard average depth of target, which was like top 10 in the NFL. He led the bills in end zone targets. You know, he had more end zone targets even than, than Steph Diggs. So, I mean, he had a valuable fantasy role. We want the downfield shots and the end zone targets, but there just wasn't enough beyond that to kind of support him, even with John Brown missing all that time. So I'm, I'm with you guys. Uh, I think Davis is the bill's fourth wide receiver. So, you know, at, at wide receiver 46, it's, you know, 10 to 15 spots too high among wide receivers for me. I believe I've heard over the course of the summer, he had more end zone targets than Devonte Adams uh, last year, Davis, if, if that's right, that's phenomenal, but that's not wow. the kind of thing I'd expect to continue. Leonard Fournette, that's much earlier than last night. He goes 10-12 to Matt Schauff to close round 10. Let's buzz forward. Zach Moss, speaking of the Bills, a little bit of an injury uh, concern with Moss, hamstring, but really tough to know at this point what that's going to mean. Adam Troutman, let's pump up Liz a little bit here because we've been maybe dogging a couple of her choices. I like Troutman a lot. I think Taysom Hill, by the way, on this roster, I think uh, Troutman has – a real opportunity with New Orleans. Tight ends tend to take their time, so um, I'm optimistic there. Adam, yeah, I love I love our tight ends. We didn't get a chance to to high five her on the T.J. Hawkinson pick. Love that, love that pick. And you know, I'm probably going too far back, but yeah, Troutman's good at tight end 14 for for sure. He, you know, he's got great opportunity there now with you know Thomas out. You got injuries to some other receivers and suspensions coming up for these guys. Um, but kind of back to her running backs there. M- Montgomery, are we higher on Montgomery now that Cohen's going through? I think Cohen's been hurt or whatever. Like I, Montgomery's a guy I really want to like. Ha- have you guys been moving him up your your board at all? I mean, are, are we really afraid of of um, Damian Williams there? I'm exactly the same. What do you mean you haven't you haven't you haven't moved him? 
Well, what was Cohen going to represent? Williams is there. To me, I'm exactly the same. I mean, Montgomery is in that place where I'm hopeful. I'm hoping to not need a running back right. in my draft. So I, I, yeah. I don't – I mean, that's a pretty shallow perspective on it, Jared, but Cohen doesn't affect Montgomery really to me. So we, we have nudged Montgomery up the draft charts rankings a bit with the Cohen news, you know, a- added a few targets to his projections. I mean, you know, that, that's the situation he was in last year when he was such a workhorse with Cohen out. So, you know, William, Damon Williams is kind of the X factor. Like, what do you expect him to do there? He didn't play football last year. He was, I, mean, I think it's fair to say he was a middling talent even before, you know, opting out last year. He, he flashed at times for the Chiefs, which is, it's kind of easy to flash in that Chiefs offense. So I, I think there's a chance Montgomery opens the season as like, you know, one of the top seven or eight backs in terms of like projected volume, um, which would be nice. And then, you know, if Fields takes over for the Bears and that offense takes a step forward, I mean, I think Montgomery is is at minimum a nice floor pick where he goes because he's pretty much locked in as the as the lead ball carrier. And I think there's there's upside for him to beat ADP if he, you know, hangs on to that pass catching role that he played last season. Melvin Gordon at 11.03 to Kimra, then Jonu Smith, Danny Mueller's first tight end. I like that strategy. So uh, we'll see there. Hunter Henry hurt, Jonu Smith, a lot of talent, maybe the number one target in New England as it plays out. Ronald Jones then to Crack Rock at 11.05, his third running back. Will Fuller to Alan Soslowski drafting as roster watch tonight at 11.06. Tony Pollard to Zachary Kruger running back two. After Damian Harris, Pollard is an interesting uh, figure, much talked about in, in fantasy drafts. Two tight ends then to John Scuderi and Todd Burroughs with Evan Engram and then Jared Everett of Seattle. You have A.J. Dillon to Ian Harditz. Dillon, I think, is a, is a popular, trendy choice in these drafts. Jared Goff and Mac Jones to end round 11. Jameis Winston at 12.01, so back-to-back quarterbacks there. Jared, you look at Ryan's team ultimately here with the three QBs. There may be one more. It's a long night. Mm-hmm. But did he get away with it, so to speak, at quarterback? I'd be a bit worried. I would have taken Mac Jones and Cam Newton if I was him and just and just locked up the Patriots starter. Because, I mean, again, there's a chance here that Mac Jones isn't the Patriots' week one starter and Jameis Winston isn't the Saints' week one starter. And that, you know, that, that could go well into the season. So he might – you know, kind of be stuck with just one quarterback where is where if he if he had taken Mac Jones and Cam Newton, he at least would have been assured of having that second quarterback. Even uh Tua, my kids would say, as among us fans, is a little sus. So we'll <laughs> see what how it goes for for Ryan. Uh Darnell Mooney to Scott Barrett. There is somebody that has got he's got some juice in these drafts. He is Scott's fourth wide receiver going as wide receiver 48. Anthony Ferkser becomes Ian Hart's first tight end for Tennessee. Then Jarvis Landry, old reliable Jarvis Landry for Todd Burroughs. Devontae Parker is wide receiver 50 to John Scuderi, followed by Terrace Marshall, who we talked about a little bit earlier in a trendy, sort of trendy uh, Carolina passing game. Jared Cook, another team's first tight end. Allen at roster watch goes with Cook there. I'm okay there. I mean, he's got to stay on the field, but that's true for everybody. And if you like the Chargers, which I think as a, I think it's natural law every year, we all like the Chargers. I think then uh, Cook has life. David Johnson, following that to Crack Rock, then Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, tight end two for Danny Mueller. Rondale Moore to Kimber Slicer at pick 
10 in round 12. James Conner, keeping with Arizona to Liz Loza at the 11th pick of that round, and then Michael Pittman to wrap it up. And we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. Pittman might look good if Wentz plays. I mean, there are Pittman fans and then Paris Campbell and other guys on that uh, Colts team. We've talked about that a lot, Adam, on this show over the course of the summer. This uh, draft has a lot left to go, and then there's tomorrow night, too, the Expo this weekend, and pretty soon Vegas. It's all happening. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, exciting summer. Um, and real quick before we go, uh, you know, J- James Conner, RB40. Did I hear he's, he's he's the one the one A one B there going on over with with Chase Edmonds? Is did I read that somewhere? Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Or I'll have to find it and retweet it. But um, yeah, there yeah. was a there was a report something to that effect where you know it, it's it's going to be a committee. Con- Connor could definitely lead the Cardinals and carries this season. I'm surprised that that that, that gap hasn't gotten closer between yeah. him and Edmonds. I mean, he's a Connor such a nice. And you know, I'll toot Mike. Mike was on Connor before I was this offseason, so I'll toot Mike's one a little bit. But he's such a great zero RB to target because um, he's got that he's got that weekly floor and a, the big upside. If if or even when Edmonds gets hurt, I mean, the guy's hurt every year. So that's he's a really nice pick. I like that pick for Liz. But um, yeah, exciting couple weeks coming up here. I'll, I'll say this about Connor: he is one of these guys. You know, the Jets are another team for this where you you don't know yet if there's been really a, a, a transition in thinking about how teams are looking at running backs and value. Connor, for instance, is cheap and he's older. So you can look at that signing for Arizona and think, well, it's just why not? Or it could really mean something. That's Michael Carter in the fourth round with the Jets. Like that could just be sort of a let's take a chance. We've had early picks. We've done all right. We can do this too. We're not strong there. Or it could just be, no, we don't need to pay up for running back anymore. So this is really our guy as opposed to like a Denver with Javante Williams, where they trade up and it's round two. And even though they have Melvin Gordon, everybody is sort of Gaga for that. So it's the jets I know, and even Arizona, but I think like, I, I like the idea that team, those teams optimally could really be counting on those players, even though they didn't sort of do the traditional things, the high draft capital, the big money that would make you think that that's uh going to happen necessarily yeah i think it's definitely counter argument smart the, the smarter way to build a football team nowadays and i think you know talking fantasy back to fantasy with someone like james connor i mean his, his contract doesn't guarantee him anything but i also think you know once these guys are on the field it's the coaches making the decision so if connor's out playing edmonds he's going to be the one getting the touches okay well once again this draft will continue and uh, i mean continue it's barely half over Uh, uh, And then we have tomorrow night, too. Congratulations once again to the Draft Sharks, guys. You guys have put together a really signature event. And the format, not only does it bring in the the top players, I guess it's it's tied together. The format is so interesting and and smart that you really you you know, you're challenging people who just they want that challenge and they're playing against the other best players. So good for Draft Sharks. Any questions for me before we end? I think that's it. I think I'm. I think I'm questioned out. <laughs> four four hours in the car each way this weekend. You'll have all Let's the time go. you want to ask questions. <laughs> all right. Well, anybody uh, joining us in Canton this weekend? I know a lot of you, even drafters, uh, will be there. So we hope to meet as many people as we can. We don't get there until like maybe dinner time Saturday, I think. But yeah, um, big, look forward big, to meeting. Big party on Saturday night, Mike. So bring your dancing shoes, I guess. Oh. 
I'll wear these glasses, so you'll know. And the, I'll, I'll bring my forehead, so you'll know who I am. You'll know who you uh, are on site there. Jared, thank you. Great job and uh, continued success. We will see you in future draft rooms. Everybody, thanks for watching and listening tonight. Welcome. Uh, being for, thanks for being a part of the Draft Sharks Invitational, and we'll see you next time on the deep end and the Draft Sharks award-winning podcast. See you guys.